Hi, and welcome to Five Compelling Questions with Sean. This is the podcast where we speak with writers about writing and books and new releases and promotions and book tours and everything else that might come to mind when we're talking about the latest book and the latest, our newest guest. And I am thrilled and honored today to have Allie Hazelwood with me. How are you doing, Allie? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. I am just thrilled that you had the time to come today and speak with us. It's just it's just awesome. And I'm going to give you a brief introduction. Allie is the New York Times bestselling author of The Love Hypothesis, as well as a writer of peer-reviewed articles about brain science in which no one makes out and the ever after is not always happy. Originally from Italy, she lived in Germany and Japan before moving to the U.S. to pursue a Ph.D. in neuroscience. Um, so all of this will eventually make sense. <laughs> When Allie is not at work, she can be found running, eating cake pops, or watching sci-fi movies with her three feline overlords and their slightly less feline husband, and her slightly less feline husband, not their husband, her husband. Um, so today- You know we what though? I feel like my husband would say he he's also married to the cats. So, you know, it's, it's fine. <laughs> yeah, he's got a bit of a hairy harem happening over there, so- <laughs> And, and a little bit less hairy wife, but you know, you have beautiful hair. Um, you know what though? I am Italian. I am very hairy. <laughs> my step-grandmother was from Italy. Um, so I grew up in a, in a household with an Italian woman and uh, she just was, she just taught us so much about food and passion and, and laughter. And just, I think you, I'm always very envious of the culture because you're so, you bring, you inject a lot of joy into households. And I've always found that very enticing. So I'm I'm a fan. <laughs> I mean, I, I I think it's true. We are very party oriented and just generally like fun oriented. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And also I learned you always ask for seconds after dinner or it's just a huge offense and you know, oh, you didn't like it. I'm like, no, 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 I just some stuff. You just had to make room to like eat a little bit more or you get in trouble. I remember we that. definitely love to eat a lot. Um, I wouldn't say that I, I personally wouldn't get offended if someone didn't ask for seconds, but like I... It, it feels like a normal thing to me to be like, may I have some more? <laughs> yeah, yeah. When your Nona says, just okay, whatever you say, Nona, that's what you're just doing that now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so the new book is called Love Theoretically. That is so cool. Tell us about the book. So uh, that is my uh, third adult book. And it's a story of Elsie, who is uh, a young physics professor who is interviewing for the job of her dreams which is a tenure track position at MIT but um when she arrives at the interview she finds out that uh one of the people who is on the hiring committee is actually someone she knows from her past and this person is uh, the older brother of uh, the man she has been fake dating so Jack is the older brother of the guy she has been fake dating because Elsie makes so little money in academia that uh, she needs to have uh, sort of like a side gig. And the side gig is fake dating uh, men for money. And uh, that is sort of the uh, the start of the book. So she finds herself uh, in this interview where she has to interact with this man who knows her as a completely different person because whenever she fake dates, she builds a different um, persona so that she doesn't have to give her real life story and name and stuff and uh, um yeah it's uh that's that's really the start of the wrong comment of course you know shenanigans happen in uh, 
in the context of the of the job interview and then she and Jack fall in love because you know it's a rom-com I don't think it's a spoiler <laughs> yeah exactly and you can tell by the cover because it's what it looks like um it is a rom-com for sure and you know, love theoretically just for me sprung to mind love actually. And, it, you know, it's just it, a lot of it goes into like the, okay, I'm entering into this fun world that I love so much. And I'm just going to spend some time with these wonderful characters. And, but it's to me, you're such a brainiac and such a genius and you're a PhD, you're a brain, you know, specialist. You know, all this. So rom-com from that to rom-com, can you please tell us you're an accomplished, you've, you're so accomplished in other fields and different kinds of writing as we established in your bio. How did that come to play? Why did you decide to start writing fiction, especially this kind of fiction? You know, it's so interesting to me that people think that, you know, you know, scholars who have PhDs in neuroscience are brainiacs or smart or anything like that. Because the truth is that we're not like, it's it just like, we're just very focused on a specific discipline. And that is really what everyone who has a PhD is. It's just kind of like vaguely obsessed with a topic <laughs> and willing to spend years and years and years um, kind of, uh, you know, cultivating it. And that's not unlike writing. I, I really started writing because I was very much into certain media. I started writing in fan fiction. Um, so originally I was just a huge Star Trek fan and I wanted to write fan fiction about Spock falling in love, you know, and then I moved to Star Wars and, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of, it's not so different from me being obsessed with brain science, except that I was obsessed with, you know, specific, specific media, specific, uh, um, you know, entertainment <laughs> properties. And then, um, and then I, I kind of transitioned to writing original books, uh, because I met my agent who, uh, is a huge nerd who reads fan fiction and she's amazing and uh, her name is Tale and uh, she was like you know I think what you write might have uh, a place in traditional publishing and I was like okay let's do this and uh, I got really lucky and I got a lot of support from her so that's kind of how I ended up writing rom-coms. <laughs> We, I was just talking to someone yesterday about um, how luck comes into play a lot in the, the, like a fiction career because it's sort of like, I mean, you have to have the hard work behind it. You've already done the work of the writing and you've got yourself, you know, in a routine of writing and you have produced work and then you just sort of get in a situation where you happen upon the right person and then things start taking off. And I think it has to be that right moment, right time, the right things. To yeah. you also have ha you've had to have that work behind it too. I mean, totally. I think uh, the thing that, uh, you know, a lot of people talk about the path to getting published and also the path to getting, you know, a bestseller. And it's true that you definitely have to put work in and you have to be professional. But really, there are so many people who put a lot of work behind a manuscript and maybe never even get an agent, maybe or they publish their book and they get a book deal and the book doesn't, you know, hit the list or something like that. And they have put as much work as people who are number one New York Times bestsellers for weeks have, except that they don't have like the element of, you know, luck and just timing and being at the right place at the right time so um yeah that's that's what I like it, it's what I tell everyone it, it's really like a bunch of things uh, like a bunch of stars and planets aligning so that you know something can happen yeah and and you're you know a smart person so and I'm not a math person but it seems to me like you just put yourself in more situations to find more 
moments. So you just have to get a, keep going out and keep going out and trying to keep meeting people and networking until you find that, you know, hopefully that will happen to just to give yeah. some hope to people that it's not all luck. Absolutely. You, do, you make luck too, hopefully. <laughs> Absolutely. I have to say that one of the advice that I got the most when I started writing in terms of like from other writers, uh, people that I've met after getting my agent or after getting my book deal, one of the things that everyone tells me and that I find to be true is that publishing is not a sprint, it's a marathon. And uh, the people who have been around the most, uh, so people who have been publishing for, you know, a decade and make a living out of publishing, I think what they all have in common is that they have had ups and downs and when the downs were there they didn't give up and that is something that you know I internalize a lot I've had you know I've been publishing uh, I guess I am in my third year of publish of my publishing journey and like I've already had a ton of downs and uh, you know some ups but like I, I can really see what they mean there are times when you just want to give up and say no that's it I'm done um, so I think they're right. It, it really is about kind of like pacing yourself and seeing it as a marathon and a long-term thing where, yeah, th there will be things that you sort of have to just get past and, uh, and like get behind you. Absolutely. That's a very, that's a really good way to put it. And it is like a marathon and you have to, you know, just sort of be stay focused on your passion and then you can get through those rough times, hopefully, but yeah, it can be, it can be. They're terrible, um, but we won't, we won't, you know, we won't go into the details of that, but I'm glad you're still here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Me too. <laughs> so next official question, even though I asked already like a hundred, um, what is it about rom-coms that you like so much? Cause you talked about your sci-fi sort of background and origin. So what, what loves, what do you love about uh, rom-coms and what makes you want to keep writing them? Um, I, you know, I think I like generally romance. So even the sci-fi that I wrote, like I wrote sci-fi fan fiction, but like it always had, you know, the love story that was the center. Maybe the setting was sci-fi uh, or, you know, space opera setting. But um, I feel like I, what I like is stuff that is character driven. Um, I, so the books that I've written were rom-coms because that's kind of what the publishing market was at the time. Um, so I feel like romance is just, is a staple in publishing. We all write, like, romance is something that is always going to sell, but there are cycles, you know. There have been times where historicals were all that sold and uh, times where, you know, angsty new adult books were the best-selling books. And I think we got to this point where in the last few years, like, rom-coms were the big thing. And so, um, you know, that's kind of uh, what I did. Like I got my first uh, book deal with a rom-com and uh, that was just kind of, I, I guess my style of writing fit well within the rom-com space just because it's kind of humorous and uh, and uh, and then, uh, you know, my, my other two books, I was contracted for three books and my other two books had to be rom-coms, but um the books that I that I'm writing now is not necessarily a rom com. Um, it's uh, it's more angsty, I would say. Uh, and my next book is also probably not classified as a rom com. I guess what what I'm saying here is that I am interested in romance just because I love the idea of two people falling in love. But um, I I would say that uh, rom coms are just you know a little part of it. Um, yeah. 
Absolutely. Well, whatever you do is going to be great because you are uh, really, your writing is just uh, really lovely. Thank it's, you. It's, it's a nice, it's just a wonderful escape to go and, you know, spend a bunch of hours with your characters and your books. And I do, to your point, I do think some, I think things become popular sort of in a reaction to things. And we've all been through a really tough time. And I, sometimes you just want like something that's going to make, make me, please make me happy. Let's just, let me just spend some joyous time with some people and escape into a story. That's love, you know, like totally. we need love. You know, we need that right now. You know, you're, you're so right. And like, that's kind of what we we're talking about earlier, you know, timing and luck. Like my book, my first book came out in the middle of the pandemic. And, you know, it was this book that was, kind of a happy story with a happy cover and you know a guaranteed happy ending and I think people kind of needed something like that and you know it was again timing and luck that the book came out when people were looking for something something happy and something uplifting so um we, we've all been through a few years <laughs> that were less than fun <laughs> Yeah, it's like, are we all okay? I don't know. Sure. I'm not sure. I think we're oh, no. slowly, slowly getting better. Maybe. Yeah, it's like when I first started venturing back out. I'm like, am I talking normally? I'm not sure. I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be saying, or like, but other people are not looking at me, or whatever. You know, it's just it was very weird. It was a weird transition to get Same. back. It's a rough re-entry. And um, like, I was always kind of awkward, and I have to say, it did not get any better during the pandemic so there's that <laughs> I think everything we that was weird about us was just magnified by yes, you know, the uh, isolation yes, totally. yeah I'm like now I'm gonna be OCD in front of everyone and I'm not gonna worry about it I'm just, gonna, yeah. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just gonna do weird stuff with my hands in front of everyone and like who cares you know it's like we're all we're alive so that's the main thing totally um, yeah you're you're so fun um, so your characters, how do you develop them? How do you, do they just come to you fully formed? Do you sort of get, have to get to know them for a while, but how do you bring their voices? Because they're so, they just kind of leap off the page. They're so real. They're not two dimensional. So how do you create that world for us? You know, it really depends on the book. Like, uh, I have a YA coming out later this year and that was that book specifically, like I knew exactly who my characters were going to be. They really sprang out of my forehead, fully formed and like speaking and talking like adults and knowing how to interact with each other. And that was really amazing, but it's it doesn't always work like that. Usually for me, it's a mix of having an idea for what a specific conflict is going to be and what the, a specific journey, what is the journey that I want for a specific character. And then also kind of... Uh, figuring out how they would fit best in the plot. Like, for example, in Elsie's case, like Elsie's main journey is going from a people pleaser to someone who's able to stand up for herself and sort of accept that some people are going to like her, other people are not going to like her, and that is okay. You know, so that's kind of like, that is, uh, that is you know, the, the, the empowerment that happens throughout the journey. And uh, um I thought that having her be, you know, a professional fake dater, so someone who is kind of a little bit shape-shifting, you know, someone who's able to change the traits of herself at will might be a good, a good plot to give this type of character. So usually, usually like different traits build upon each other as I write. Um, and yeah. That's that's kind of how it went for law theoretically. That's great. Well, and I'm so glad you brought that up because that was my next question. How much research did you do this professional date thing? Like, 
That is such a cool, is this a real thing? Did you make this up? Have you done a lot of research? Did you go as one like undercover? Tell us all about that. Like, uh, I absolutely made it up. I have no idea if it's a real thing. I mean, you know, I, I am, I'm, maybe it's a real thing. I don't know. I actually, I originally, uh, I originally, I think had her put ads on Craigslist or something <laughs> like offering your services, but then as I was writing it, I was like, okay, no, this is scary. Craigslist is scary. Let's let's kind of let's build a framework where we have this app for and within the context of the app, she knows that the clients she's going to meet are going to be, you know, safe for her and are not going to do things that are not kosher within the context of just fake dating. I I truly um yeah, I truly did not. I, I don't know. I didn't do really much research for this thing. I mean, I did research for other things in the book, like the physics, but not for not for the fake dating app. Well, um, so some advice, just create that app and now you'll be a billionaire <laughs> and then everyone can go because it, it, there are situations and you don't want it to be like escorty and because you right. know, those kinds of things like that. And that's fine. If that's what people are doing for their living, that's no judgment. Absolutely, but if you just want to yeah. go, it was like a, a professional person that shows up to like a, like the movies like a wedding like I need someone really you know um impressive to come with me to this corporate event can we please have an app that tells me exactly who this person is and that you know that would be perfect that's a great business you should do that uh, absolutely I I mean yes I would love to become a billionaire and <laughs> this is this is how I do it <laughs> yeah I'm pretty sure I get a finder's fee for that idea too I'm just kidding <laughs> Send me like one, like 1 million, no problem. I just like, Perfect. Oh, you know, yeah, we'll just share that. It'll be fine. You won't even miss it if you're a billionaire. <laughs> um, great. So that's the next idea. All right. So um, what is the best writing advice that you've ever gotten? This is my fifth and final question, which is very, always very sad. What is the best writing advice you've ever gotten? Or what is the best advice you would give to someone um, that's aspiring? Because obviously you're very well, you're doing great and you're, and you write in so many different subgenres and you'd write so many different things so what give us some advice on how to be a happy writer like yourself um so I guess that the best advice I've ever gotten and it's an advice that was given to me over and over but I had to sort of experience it experience it like several times to really internalize it is that the only job that your first draft has is to exist like it doesn't have to be good it doesn't have to be decent. It doesn't have to make sense. You're just really telling the story to yourself in the first draft. And then you can always go back and edit it. You can, like, there isn't a limited number of edits that you can do on a manuscript. You literally can edit it 45 times in a row. It can be your full-time job. It can be the only thing you work on for years. As a matter of fact, I'm sure it is for many for many authors, uh, especially like litfic authors. But Anyway, I guess what I'm trying to say is uh, I feel like a lot of writers sort of uh, uh, put a lot of pressure on themselves to deliver a perfect product in one or two drafts, and that is going to be impossible. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm sure that there will be cases where you just kind of vomit out a book and it's perfect and it's exactly how you wanted it, but that is more the exception than than the rule. Um Every single published book, a traditionally published book, has an editor um, and, you know, an entire team that has helped an author shape a book and make it better. Usually there are, you know, even things that we don't know, like better readers or, you know, sometimes even at the agent uh, reads the draft and, and gives feedback. So 
um, I guess uh, my advice is if you have tried writing and you feel like what you wrote is crap, that's fine. Like keep on writing, even if it's crap, just, you know, take your crap and you can edit it later, but really try to get through um, a draft. That is the most important thing. Um, so that is, I guess, the best advice that was given to me. Uh, the best advice, the, what I think is the best advice that I'd give to people is uh, if you are really serious about writing um, or even if you aren't, like if it's something that is important to you and that you have fun doing, try to make a community out of it. There are a lot of online spaces where you can find other writers. You can sort of... Um, find people who are in the same position as you. And those are the people who are going to be there for you and will cheer you on when you are desperately trying to, um, I guess, uh, uh, not flush your laptop down the toilet because you hate your draft. You know, those are the people who are going to encourage you when you're feeling really crappy about everything that is your writing, your publishing career, your your agent, your, your publishing deal, everything. Those are the people who are going to stick by you. And so I guess that's what that's what I recommend. Like just find find a network of people who will be there for you. That is amazing. Both both pieces of advice are amazing. There's just such perfect. That's exactly what you're supposed to be doing. And finding a community is really helpful because it is such an isolating experience to be yeah. pounding away. And then you could, you know, I've been around the mystery world for about 20 years and I, you know, I have friends from the very beginning still. And it's, you know, you just commiserate. It's just like being at the water cooler yeah. in the office. You need someone to be like, yeah. oh my God, I'm terrible at the, you know, this is the worst thing. And then they'll tell you something yeah. else and you just, you know, you need that community and that's wonderful advice. I love that. Absolutely. Yeah. Like it, you really make friendships for life. Uh, it's, uh, uh, it's, it's great. <laughs> yeah. Where did you start that process? Where did, what was the first thing you did? Was it an online space or did you go to start going to conventions and things or what'd you do? So I was lucky in the sense that I started writing within the context of fan fiction and uh, I, you know, a lot of fan fiction writers just kind of become friends uh, uh, with each other. Uh, we better read each other's work. We talk it through. And then I was also lucky because a lot of fake writers sort of uh, that I that were in my circle sort of started doing the the leap from figure writing to traditional publishing when I did. And that meant that we were all kind of at the same, uh, even if we weren't in the same place, we were in similar places. And, uh, you know, there were things that we could talk about and we would understand each other. Like, oh, I feel like this right now, or I am afraid of this thing that's that's coming. And so for me, really online communities were where it all started. But there are a lot of like there are in-person writing groups. Uh, there are a ton of of spaces that, you know, can be great. Yeah, yeah. Get out there and find your people. That's the main thing. No matter where you just find your find your people. That's very good. So you mentioned you have a YA book coming up. What else is going on? What's what's next? What can we look for? Where can we find you? Um, well, you can find me mostly on Instagram, really. It's the only the only platform that I <laughs> update. Um, and it's just my name, Ali Hazelwood. Um, I cannot say what's coming after the YA. The way it will be out in November, and then there's going to be something else coming out next spring. But we, I think, are revealing the cover next week and the title of the book. So I'm very excited about that. Um, and uh, yeah, that's uh, that. That's it, really. I'm, I'm writing my next book the one after words now and uh, um 
that's it really <laughs> well you have a lot going on you have a lot of things happening um I know you were just out on tour so you know I'm sure you need a break just to take take a break and and write 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 and get back with your people and your community <laughs> yeah absolutely enjoy your summer somewhat so we can enjoy your we'll enjoy our summers reading your books and you can enjoy your summer writing the next one <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> I know well that's you just have to get back to work I'm just kidding um thank you so much for being here you're just a joy to speak with I mean it was just you're very inspirational to listen to and talk with and I just love 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 your books and I'm just thrilled that you had the time to talk to me thank you so much thank you so much for having me this was so much fun Oh, good. Of course. Well, have a, I hope to see you again. Next time you come back around on tour, I hope to grab you up again. So talk to oh, you soon. Same. Thank <laughs> you so much. Bye. Bye.